Hello and welcome to episode number 296 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, you know, still hanging on in there. I'm counting down the uh, numbers to 300. Is that, is that what you're waiting for, is it? Yeah, I'm just, just holding that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always said I'd give you a good 300. Yeah, you did, uh, to be fair. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's when my contract expires. You're, you're a man of your word. Um, yeah. But yeah, we will get there next month. Um, like you say, getting closer and closer. Um, and actually, some big movies will be coming out next month as well, or this month, actually, as of recording. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple of uh, cinema releases in May, fingers crossed, as always, in the UK, because you never know until you're there. Um, but yeah, we're back on demand this week uh, for a little movie called Off Season. Uh, which we will get to shortly. Uh, But first, a little bit of news this week. Really not too much. Um, This first one (laughs) is a weird one because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, How would you feel about a sequel to The Nun? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm surprised it's not happened already. And (laughs) I feel like I don't want to see it. I feel those, like if, those are the two you, feelings. if I told you that we'd probably already covered it, you probably would have believed me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have said how many nun movies, I would have, I think I would have said one. But if you'd have said, no, 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 we covered two, I'd have went, well, it's been 290 odd episodes. You're, you're probably right. You you have spreadsheets and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those um, Conjuring Universe movies um, because, yeah, God, I mean, what, is there three Annabelle movies we, off the top covered, of my head? We covered two of the three, I believe, is yeah. the correct answer for, for <laughs> Super Horror Bros trivia fans out there. Yeah, uh, so... yeah, I believe there's three, and I believe we covered two of them. Thank yeah. God at least one of them predated the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, this one will be in the future because we'll be no, nutting no, it up not again. In our future. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, to, we'll see we what's have, have a barren time. Please. Please just let some some godly filmmaker put out a movie in those couple of weeks. Like, I was going to say, if this was out next week, put out put out some sort of Netflix project, please. The week of this release, please, Flanagan. If this was out this Friday, we'd be watching it. Um, Correct. <laughs> so, no, it's not. This is probably going to be out next year, I imagine. Um, but yeah, the non two, they're doing it. Um, yeah. Kind is of that, two pieces of news. Is that yeah, line? yeah, I hope so. Um, but no, basically, um, so the the kind of two other bits of news attached to this is that uh, Bonnie Aarons, who has played the nun in kind of The Conjuring 2 and The Nun, is returning. Um, right. Heaven forbid, because what else would the movie be? Um, and then the director. Um, we do know who the director of this movie will be. And this is like fascinating to me because I don't think I've ever been more hot and cold on a director for the podcast in terms of two films that we've covered um so it's michael chavez who first directed curse of la Llorona, which i couldn't stand genuinely one of my worst cinema experiences for the podcast um and then he directed the conjuring the devil made me do it um which i absolutely loved and thought was great um so he's kind of and obviously coming off the back of that um hopefully it's an upwards trajectory and obviously that that was a big hit for them kind of critically and commercial so it makes sense that he would be given this um so yeah it's interesting like i 
all jokes aside the nun is easily one of the most forgettable movies of all of these ones maybe the worst like i don't think it's the worst film but i think even like annabelle there's something about that character and the reason why it's hung around for so long but i feel like the nun was like valak the character worked so well in the conjuring 2 and and the second i finished watching that movie i felt like i'd had enough of that character already um well, the, the and thing so... that was enjoyable about the nun was the way the nun kind of came out of the painting mm. and kind of had all of that and if it had been like oh it's this haunted painting in a house that the but it's like no we're gonna hear the backstory of this mm. nun and i'm like that instantly becomes just not interesting whereas yeah it was the whole dynamic of looking at the painting and it not being there and seeing it move in the shadows that was a really great moment in conjuring 2 um you know and and obviously with annabelle annabelle instantly just had story around it that if they'd have made good movies it could have been it could have been pretty good you know yeah. and, and like you say there were still parts of the annabelle movies that were quite enjoyable yeah, and that's the thing. They they just took the nun in such a different direction. So I hope that mm. that's what Michael does, is that he kind of looks more like, right, the success of The Conjuring 2 and why that character worked so well in that movie and hopefully just make a spin-off version of that. Um, because, yeah, it could be cool. Like I say, it's who knows? Like, we're never going to have massive excitement for these movies miles in advance unless it was even at this point if it was like hey it's the conjuring 4 and it's james one i'd be like okay that's cool like that's best case scenario and like that still doesn't get me jumping out of my seat because my god there's we must be in double figures at this point in terms of this overall franchise of films um which which is just mind-blowing considering it, it didn't it's not even that old like when the conjuring first came out but yeah it's weird like of course they're gonna warner bros are gonna continue to milk this like this is easily one of their like biggest horror cash cows they can make these movies pretty cheaply and always make a good profit so uh it's not surprising just hopefully it's it's good when when it does come out um but a movie that is coming uh very soon next month in fact um a little movie called dash cam um Ooh. which we kind of covered this in the news i believe last year when it kind of got announced um where it's basically rob savage's follow-up to host obviously um british director who kind of made one of the biggest breakout hits of the kind of pandemic era um in host uh, and it just really kind of like you say we it took over the zeitgeist at a time when mm. everyone was watching it not just horror people and i always am fascinated when a horror movie can do that and break through and i'm always glad when it's a movie that's very good as well because i ver- we very mm. much enjoyed host um so we always kind of knew that this was going to be his next project um we've we've had a few short teasers and this is still a relatively short trailer which i'm happy about um because it is out next month june 3rd um supposedly in cinemas um and so yeah like i'm glad i didn't i don't want to get too much spoiled like we're already going to watch this i'm obsessed anyway with just dash cams in general Um, so i've always wanted there to be more of them used in horror obviously seeing this trailer now and talking a bit about that like it's clearly the whole movie isn't on dash cams it's just one element of the movie um and then it is just a more traditional kind of almost unfriended style movie with just all you know all being told through the lenses of cameras and obviously very similar to host as well but with a slightly Mm. more bigger scope um but yeah well i guess what did you make of the teaser trailer I'm such a sucker for these sorts of movies. <laughs> like, I just lapped it all up. Uh, you know, seeing the... Um, <clears throat> it, yeah, it seems like this whole kind of dash cam thing is is kind of a bit similar to, like, Spree, more than, like, mm. a conventional da- dash cam, where it seems like this person is kind of hosting something online, kind of along with their driving. Seems like they are some sort of Uber thing or whatever. Mm. But, um, 
yeah, I, I was lapping it all up. I was, you know, looking at all the comments, kind of seeing all that stuff and just thinking, and then, you know, I, the, I definitely don't want to see any more of this now. I'm completely sold on it. And um, because I think the last 20 seconds or so started to kind of show that this movie looks like it's going to be a bit more insane than than kind of what host was it's it's going to it's going to be quite you know in your face and that uh, with with what's going on kind of overtly on screen which i'm completely sold on um and yeah i i i really really like the idea i think i'm along with i'm on the same lines as you that like i am kind of a bit obsessed with dash cams and kind of seeing the sort of footage that gets out there and and kind of um been looking at like uh seen some videos lately of like sentry mode on cars where they kind of you know record people kind of prowling around them and stuff and it's like it's crazy and i just kind of thought oh a horror movie that could tap into specifically that my god i'm not quite sure how you make a movie out of it but that'd be really cool Mm. this isn't quite that but i but from what i saw i was instantly kind of like oh yeah no i'm I'm up for this as well this is still cool yeah i think obviously there's a reason why they've kind of extrapolated it from just the car stuff, I think, in Dashcam, because obviously if you're trying to make this into a feature, it would be difficult. And it makes me wonder, like, watching this trailer, it made me think that, man, if we do get the next VHS, hopefully, like, yeah. Rob Savage oh, would be the man. first guy that I'd get on the phone, being yeah. like, do a segment for it, because I do think that if you is then something shorter that's, you know, 20 to 30 minutes in length, he could just do it, like, you know, like, you know say, all on a sentry mode, all on Dashcam. Like, that would be super cool. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this like it's oh you could you could just imagine like it could be someone being like them driving and seeing the car stalking them and then like the car mm. sentry mode that gives you more of it like it could just be a really cool kind of way of seeing this horror you know kind of you know i could picture someone actually getting in the car and you know in because of sentry mode and then the the occupant gets back in it could just be a really good backwards and forwards like you say as a short segment and but yeah i don't quite know how you make that as a feature although a lot of people do seem to make short movie ideas into feature movies (laughs) yeah sometimes uh better than others um but you know i'm looking forward to this like it's yeah it's um i think with host like i thought host was exceptional but i did have caution at the time like i gave him the plaudits and everyone involved in that movie rightly so but i always wondered like where do you go from this and i think that this is an obvious step like you see this trailer and you're like yep that definitely looks like from the guy that made host and i think that is fine um and i'm just glad that i I hope at least that it captures that same energy and and excitement because yeah like even though it would have been interesting to see him do maybe a more conventional movie i like that there's a guy who kind of has that style now and and again it doesn't need mean that every movie he now makes needs to be in this style but i do think just raising the stakes slightly and, and like obviously there were so many limitations when they made host obviously um you know for doing so much of it remotely and so to take away those restrictions but still have like the core filmmaking techniques there and obviously clearly more of a budget now because obviously host was such a huge success and i think bloomhouse is back in this one so it's clearly got a bigger budget um so yeah it's cool man like i'm i'm very much looking forward to it and yeah it's it's only just mu- uh, next month so hopefully we'll be seeing it on the big screen um and then very lastly, just a very small update, because this is honestly one of those movies that I'm like kind of sick of putting in the news. Um, <laughs> I think they're so clever because they keep doing these tiny little tidbits every few months to get people talking about it. And yeah, so basically it's to do with the Quiet Place spinoff, which I feel like we've talked about a thousand times. And at a certain point, I even stopped putting it in the news. But this is like 
I mean, we have a few things here. We have a title, we have a release date, we have a director. Like some of these things we already knew, but I just thought it'd be nice to kind of wrap it up for now and then stop talking about this for a year. Um, so the title, which is interesting because horror movies have interesting titles these days, um, is called A Quiet Place, colon, Day One, um, which isn't the most imaginative of titles for a kind of apocalyptic set film um also the fact that i feel like we kind of got day one um in part two which makes me less excited for this obviously this is not centered around that family in the slightest um they've already said this is a prequel which obviously makes sense with the title but Mm. it's like yeah we saw day one so i guess what we're just seeing day one from a different perspective like it's not even day zero um so it's very peculiar um and yeah obviously it's coming out next september so this is very very long way away um but yeah just want to throw that in there like obviously this is to fill the gap um because who knows when like Mm. a quiet place that the trilogy will end hopefully we'll get it before 2025 um i think that's even being kind of cautious that it's two years after this one um but the my biggest fear is obviously when you have two of your main characters that are very very young yeah. you can't wait forever like yeah emily blunt and john krasinski and that can yeah, they're good. wait a while <laughs> yeah but like these kids you can't wait seven years and then do a part three that should pick up just after part two if it's going to be what i want from the from an end into the trilogy unless they do like a whole you know six years later vibe to it but then i feel like well all of the cliffhangers that we got at the end of part two are not going to be resolved so it is strange isn't it i mean you obviously like adore a quiet place it's one of your favorite things with the two movies like where are you at right now obviously this is like 18 months away but like are you even where where are you on the scale of like excited for a spin-off from not from john krasinski and that family involved i think it's um i definitely think uh i want to see more quiet place it's one of them where if i hadn't had quiet place 2 I think I almost would have said, oh, yeah, I'd just like to see more from that world. I'd like to see day one. Like, I'd love to see a movie just centered all around day one and then kind of, you know, see new characters, see new things in this world and everything else. Because I felt like the story of A Quiet Place was reasonably, you know, with with the way that ended, it kind of felt like it was, you know, I, I could see how that continued in that world and, and felt satisfied with it. With With the end of part two, I'm not satisfied. Mm. Not that I didn't love that movie. I, I absolutely adored it. But I need to know the conclusion of this family story now. It's left it in a place that's fractured and, and a place that I want to see resolution. Um, so I find it hard to focus on anything else. Um, and as you said, also the fact that we got a really good day one depiction on uh, in A Quiet Place Part 2. I, I don't necessarily need to see that. I think... In in terms of a spin-off and everything else, I think it's by far the most natural, logical place to go to mm. is just to see that day one again and make it, you know, less kind of tunnel visioned with one family and more of just a, you know, all out kind of craziness. And uh, yeah, I, I think as soon as I saw, it's one of them where I, I need to see what Quiet Place looks like when it's when it's not got John at the helm. Yeah. And, and until I see the video, until I see a trailer and I see what this world looks like, I don't know whether I like the world. Mm. I think that's the biggest part of it. And if I yeah. can like the world, then then I'm in. 
Yeah, it will be interesting. Like, for me, it's purely timing, and I agree with pretty much everything that you said, that, like, my only caveat and almost criticism of A Quiet Place Part 2 was that this is an incredible movie, um, but it will be worsened over time if we don't get a follow-up. I don't think it's, like, a two-part story that they told brilliantly. It's it's an amazing sequel if it's the middle chapter of a trilogy, and that is a very complicated thing to kind of explain um and and it's something that i've i don't i really feel this way like i can't remember ever watching a movie like that and being so obvious where it's like this feels so obviously like it needs to be part of a trilogy but there are no guarantees that that will ever happen and so i wanted to just enjoy part two as much as i did and i really did and it's great but over time I almost wouldn't be able to watch that. Like if we get to six years and we, and we didn't get an end to the trilogy, I'll probably never watch part two again. And I'll only just still love the first movie. And that's sad because I really like part two. Um, But I will actively dislike choices they made in the ending of that movie. If we don't get a follow up to it. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this installment where it's like, Oh yeah, this is cool. But like, it's the wrong time it's the wrong time you needed to put all of your kind of pressure on the right people and and i get that it's difficult to get all of these the right things and, and spinning plates and kind of making guarantees that you actually make a great movie but it's worth it like i'd rather like say do you get this or could you wait another two years in your guaranteed part yes, three like exactly like that's an obviously easy decision for us to make as fans um but yeah we shall see like it's uh it's an interesting the idea like say of a quiet place becoming a franchise because obviously that's horror that's movies in general things make money they mm. want to make more of them that's obvious but there is a, something about a quiet place that would be odd to me if we just get to like obviously it's not going to be walking dead levels but if we get to like oh yeah there's all these different spin-offs and here's a prequel and here's a thing set 100 years in the future where like the animals have kind of modified and changed like i don't i don't want that i want the family um so yeah will be interesting to see um but yeah that is it for the news this week shall we talk about this week's film Let's do it. Let's talk about Off Season. So, yeah, this is a uh, pretty interesting one um, that's uh, coming to Shudder next month, in fact. Um, And, yeah, kind of... (sighs) it's interesting on a few levels like there's some returning faces and names here that we will be very familiar with um we'll obviously get to a a certain cast member shortly Mm -hmm. um who is easily our most prolific at this point um but mickey keaton the director like it's it's always interesting with indie people because i always like to try and follow the careers of these indie people Mm -hmm. i think they're obviously not as easy to remember and you kind of you know they're not those big names edgar wright you know when del toro makes a movie you're gonna see it like you don't really have to go out of your way to find it um whereas a lot of these directors you can blink and suddenly Mm. two projects will come out if if if, especially if they're flanagan-esque yeah or it could be the opposite where they'll make something that's really cool and then eight years go past and you're like i can't find any information why they're not making movies and you kind of just have to make your own conclusions of the fact that it's extremely difficult to get movies made um so i do like the fact that this is a guy who is making indie movies and we've seen three of his movies now Mm. um obviously this is only the second one we're actually covering for the show in a very bizarre turn of fate um because yeah we saw psychopaths at fright fest 
um and it's still the the fast like i don't know if i saw it or not (laughs) i'm pretty sure we did um and we saw it it's the only movie we've seen at fright fest which we didn't cover for the show um because we went for the day in 2017 and we saw cult of chucky and we saw death note um Mm. before it and then off season like at what half 11 start time at night when we'd been traveling all day um and also seeing like a new chucky movie with the entire cast and crew there and then also for me seeing like live action death note i was incredibly excited for yeah we Um, went hard and went hard on the drinks as well and kind of crashed and, and absorbed this movie in some capacity yeah so like it was there but we didn't feel like we were in the right state of mind to even remotely review it um but it was interesting that we saw it but we did review um carnage park back in 2016 um which did make our top 10 for that year um which is interesting (laughs) because there really wasn't much that we saw that year (laughs) that was actually yeah i don't want to downplay that movie because it's not terrible but top 10 is yeah is is bold i mean it just shows what sort of year that might have been I'm pretty sure that if we saw that any other year, it wouldn't make top 10. But you know what? We did. We saw it in 2016 and it did make top 10. So, yeah, you know, these um, things happen. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, he's back now with off season. I kind of I've been hearing about this one for a while because this is like a four year gap since Psychopaths. And mm. I always he- heard that this was going to be his next project, kind of hearing cast murmurs. Um, and then obviously, once we saw that uh, Richard Brake was involved in this one, it was pretty much a no brainer to check it out, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess other than that, and we'll obviously talk more about Richard as we as we go into this. Um, but yeah, what what is this film about? Um, what is this? What is this film about, Matt? What is it about? Um, it's basically like a video game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into. But my, my god, god. I'm, I'm so glad that you just bring it up instantly. But we'll, I have we'll, to. We'll, yeah, it's absolutely. The second the movie starts, and there was yeah. an image of a letter on screen that just says, like, "Hey, you need to go to this location," and it was basically like, "Right, press start to start the game." Yeah. I was like, "Oh wow, they're really doing this." Yeah. Um, so so yeah, basically after kind of receiving said letter, Mm. um, our lead character Marie and her boyfriend kind of travel to this, um, desolate town where it's basically a kind of tourist attraction town that when we get into the off season, eh, Mm. eh, eh, it becomes, um, completely desolate and only the locals live there and all tourists are kind of asked to leave and they kind of close off the town by the by the way of like a giant bridge just being lifted up so that you can't (laughs) no longer leave um and uh yeah our characters are kind of um tasked to go there basically um we learn in the opening scene that that basically the letter is marie's mum who has passed away her grave has been destroyed or or vandalized or damaged in some way and so this letter is asking her to go there and sort it out Mm. i I don't know whether that means manually kind of you know (laughs) like reassemble the grave or whether you know she just needs to project manage it with a team uh who knows but yeah so she she needs to go there and um as soon as she gets to uh silent hill i mean i mean the, (laughs) the desolate town um she basically um, realizes that the place is kind of a bit weird and uh, everyone is kind of um, the, the town basically just becomes a ghost town literally and, and covered with a blanket of fog. And she's trying to 
escape but finds that increasingly more and more difficult to do so Mm. um yeah this you know you said it straight away but this movie literally feels like someone just made someone playing a video game into live action in kind of you know a, a fairly negative way i think is the thing about it is that playing a video game that's atmospheric and scary is um scary because you're controlling that character Mm. But actually watching someone play a video game in live action isn't that exciting where it's like, oh, walk around for ages, find a crank, use the crank to open this this hatch. Mm. Like, please read a letter. And then like on like the amount of times there are like it's it's definitely the closest we've ever seen to an actual video game on in live action this movie it's insane when when she first got there and she was kind of interacting with people and it was very yeah. much like i've interacted with you i've now set up a, a thing that's going to happen later on like they've yes, told me I, a location yeah, yeah, yeah. that i can all go we, to all we needed was quest activated it was like you have discovered the location of the graveyard yeah Please head to the graveyard and i wanted to bring up a little map and like circle it and yeah, you know, it was a potential getaway at this time look for the light on the house like it, it was it, it, it was brilliant the way it was it's absolutely insane like i've never seen anything like it and mm. it's yeah like towards the end of the movie she literally watches like a video tutorial which teaches her the puzzle to solve open the bridge <laughs> like it's kind of it, yeah it's, it's mental like <laughs> how many like these these things are in there and kind of let alone with you know i, I said silent hill because let alone with the fog and the mm. sound and the the way this looks this looks incredibly like silent hill like yeah. in, in the way that this is like it there's not a chance in hell that this isn't an homage to silent hill no um this really and, is like it feels like a full fully fledged live action version of like the original it's like silent yeah hill. <laughs> you know and, and the whole like you know MacGuffin of here is a letter i am your dead, yeah. i am your dead relative please go to this desolate town like that's literally mm. like silent hill two or three or whatever it is with with, yeah. with harry like um, your mother's mysterious past and they're linked to this town like it's it's great yeah are they a witch called sybil who knows (laughs) like it it really is that um which the thing is everything i'm describing there should Mm. should completely be my jam um and this movie does deliver on the way it looks and the way it feels and the fact that it does authentically feel like a video game but then when i was watching it as i said i Watching someone play a video game isn't that fun. Like mm. watching this NPC run around in this world and just interact and, and get, like you say, speak to this character to then unlock this location, go there and then find a key. And the key has the Overlook Hotel written on it. So then you go to the Overlook Hotel. That's just not like it makes you realize how simplistic, how simplistic video games are. And yeah. The fact that because you are that character and you're, governing the story it's the the thrills along the way but the actual kind of point a b and c are just very mundane and boring because yeah, once you just rip the actual just the narrative out and you yeah. don't get that level of interaction you really understand just how basic a lot of video but, games but, are but even it's not even the narrative it's actually just the the playing a game you know you think like most games just have this cycle of you know leveling or loot or whatever that you just do for hours and hours and hours because you're trying to achieve something but when you watch someone in a movie just wander around in the fog, 
You're like, this isn't that's the thing. Even even a, even a narrative driven game that doesn't mm. have those elements yeah, is it is still related. fun when yeah. you're playing it. But like, yeah, that because that was a weird thing. I was watching this and I was thinking, man, if those guys that did like those Until Dawn games, like if they made this as yeah. a game, I'd be like, this would be great. But it's yeah. not great to watch. Like it's yeah. just kind of there and it's and it's happening and it's it's weird. Like it's it's so strange that this is a film but this just feels like it fell out of the wrong universe as the wrong sort of media (laughs) like because even the performances like when um she meets i think it's like the florist or something early on and it's like this older woman and like she's standing there deadpan with like no emotion in her face with almost Mm. not moving at all just standing there in the center of the frame but like her voice is really emotive and so even that came across like video game voice acting because it was like because it's like oh she's she's speaking and and, like if you just heard the audio it sounds really good but when Mm. you see what's happening on screen it doesn't match the audio greatly if that makes sense um so it's just weird like i'd I'd love to know how much of this was intent or not and or how much of it was just kind of like inspired by video games but then he wanted to make just a really great horror film and there was some sort of weird disconnect there because i feel like if he was just trying to nail an old atmospheric like ps1 horror game like he fucking nailed it oh 100 100 like because the the sound was insane because it kind of just felt like this um greatest hits of video game soundtrack co- uh crossed over with just non-copyrighted sounds that you can find online yeah um where it was kind of like but it wasn't it wasn't bad like i don't necessarily want to like point a finger and say it was bad but it was just mm. like this weird mismatch the opening kind of melody i for, for a second i was like is that not the harry potter song and then like i was like <laughs> oh no hang on this is in harry potter but this is clearly just like a song that's like you know you can readily available and just sounds mm. quite cool and i was like that's weird and then like you know throughout the movie there were just all of these kind of you know bells and and kind of chimes and stuff that are just like you know very like you say just ps1 video gamey sounds it's it's a very strange movie for that but i think kind of you know we specifically love ps1 video horror video games it's what you know we had a massive passion for when we were super young so we're always going to get a little bit of nostalgia feeling for it but then actually when i was watching this movie uh, it, it really didn't capture me. Like I didn't, I, I saw those things and was like, Oh, they're making a really good, like PS one survival horror game here. But I was like, it doesn't, once it got to that, I just wasn't invested in the story. I didn't really get what, what the hell anything was to be honest. Like, and again, it makes it very much like silent Hill. I remember as a kid playing them games and just be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But it's pretty scary, <laughs> weren't it? Whereas this was like, well, I don't have a clue what's going on, but it weren't really that scary. Mm. Whereas it's like, oh, she's running around in the fog and like, ultimately she's trying to figure out what what happened to her mum and try to get off the island. But I really didn't understand too much of it. I kind of zoned out multiple times because you spend so long with her wandering around these locations that, again, the movie looked great. There were so many scenes that I was like, this looks really nice. Like her in the fog. She's a really good runner as well. She's a great runner, like super quick. There were multiple scenes where I was like, "Jesus Christ, she she can go for it." But in terms yeah, of her stamina, me is definitely yeah. Infinite, she, isn't it? she she has leveled up before <laughs> before going into this. But um, 
and it was a very robotic run as well. It was very, (laughs) very felt like a video game character, just frame by frame, looked the same. I can't help but keep going back to the whole video game thing. But I the letter appeared on the screen at the start of the movie. I was like, okay, it's gonna be one of those movies, and I was waiting the entire movie for it to suddenly click, and I felt like I was just watching a horror movie. Yeah, Um, but that never happened. It was constantly like, oh yeah, this reminds me of that. Oh, it's oh the bridge is now up. Oh, she's probably gonna have to find some sort of item to get that bridge down. Like it was just constant. But it never, it never felt good either. I think that's that's the problem I had is that I never. You know that that mo- the movie we've described, I should have got quite a lot of enjoyment from, even mm. if it was actually quite a bad movie. But I would have had it as a fun video game homage experience. And with this, I, I didn't. I, I didn't really have a fun time. You know, once I got past looking at the video gamey stuff and being like, "Oh, this is funny that they're trying to make PS One Silent Hill." Like I said, the whole story was just so weird and kind of. I just didn't care. Like when, when I got into like the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes when she's getting into this kind of final confrontation, I just, I just didn't like have any investment in anything really. Like Mm. in terms of, I didn't care what happened to my lead character. I didn't really even have a thought process, whether like she was going to die, live, whether this was a dream, what it was. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just had no skin in the game at all in terms of that. But then even in just in terms of, oh, will I find out what's happened with this town or story and everything? I just didn't care. Like, I just got into those last 10 minutes and I just, I found myself very switched off. And then, and again, I don't know whether you got way more of a handle on it than me, but certainly when we got to those final scenes, I was like, I really just didn't get where they were going with this other than, okay, yeah, we're just we're just in this loop, are we? Okay, cool. Like, and it just, it just didn't really land with me. Um, and so... You know, I, I didn't really have a fun time, you know, going into my overall thoughts. I think, you know, the the, the positives were all of the video gamey stuff. But when you actually, even if you don't take that away, I didn't have a fun time. And then when you actually look at it as a movie, I just didn't enjoy the, the world that was given to me or the story that was given to me. Uh, which is a shame because I think, you know, as I said, more positives was visuals. And I think quite a few of the performances are decent. You know, our lead is is is, is really good in this. We've seen her in, was it Doctor Sleep and a couple other things. Mm. Um, and obviously seeing Richard, which we've not even spoke about, uh, is always fun. Uh, I, I thought for a minute I was going to be calling him out on getting his Robert England paycheck. But <laughs> at, least, at least he kind of rocks up at the end as well. So, you know, at least he probably did a full day's work. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but early doors i was like oh you've trolled me so bad richard because i was like yeah he's he's in what the the second scene of the movie mm. for approximately 90 seconds at most probably 60 seconds oh it's and a great then, it's a great 60 seconds though it's a great 60 seconds don't get me wrong but then he's gone and i'm like oh he's not coming back <laughs> like, that's it that's game over I've got to sit for another hour and 20 now of like no Richard. And then, you know, we did at least get him for another brief cameo, but it was, you know, I definitely could have done with him more in the movie, but that's obviously what I'm going to say, even when he's the lead in the movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it was um, for a minute, I thought, oh, he's, he's done a Robert England here. Like just, <laughs> he just got like a 60 seconds uh, part in this, even though it's being heavily advertised. Um you know, I think he's still like when you look at IMDb and stuff, he's like the third person credited. Mm. It's like, nah, 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 you weren't the third character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, you know, fair play, it got it got me to watch it. But yeah, ultimately, I, I didn't have a great time. Yeah, I was. This one's a difficult one for me because I did get some enjoyment from it. Um, even though I pretty much agree with everything you've just said, like I think when it first started, I was into it. I, I again, I found the video game opener funny, and the fact that it got me there straight away, and I liked that it, it was just bam has the letter and then within five minutes we're like approaching the yeah. island and yeah, yeah. it was very quick and i was like okay this is cool then when they explained like as kind of richard being like the guard of the island i thought was great um and i did love that interaction um but then once we were on the island i was like okay this is cool that it's like this kind of holiday type destination um that is really great when you're there in season but then there's this off season where some dodgy shit clearly happens mm. and they like force outsiders to leave there's there's going to be some sort of weird element and i'm like great this is where the cool horror is going to come from it's going to be some weird cult it's going to be aliens it's going to be monsters it's going to be something um yeah. and so we then get to kind of the character exploring more and again i'm liking all those early scenes i love the way this kind of town or whatever this place is looks where like you say they nailed that kind of misty silent hill vibe but it just it looked really good like all of the exterior shots and easily like you say was the my biggest takeaway from this movie by far and the biggest positive was the the way it was directed um because there was just so many like there's a, there's a bit on a beach which just looks stunning and there's just so many bits throughout and like i say these kind of long panning shots of her running on like um misty piers like again it's just so reminiscent of silent hill um and i just got such a massive kick from that um when we get kind of like the first one where she interacts with the locals it's so funny with these horror tropes and how there are certain horror tropes that obviously like can can irk you like i always talk about um you know like overly dramatic dream sequences and kind of shoehorning horror into dream and how that bothers me but then the the horror trope of going into an outside destination entering a room and everyone stops talking to look at you like i fucking love that like we, it's so... ultimate pub experience in oh this. it was dude, like, fantastic i just love it like it's so cheesy and over the top but it makes me smile every time because i've just been there and i just love it and it works and it immediately gets across that feeling of being an outsider which oh, i always want in joke. a movie like this the fucking um, joke man what when when she's like oh does anyone know where the uh where the graveyard uh man is and like the old bloke just kind of goes have you checked the graveyard honey and just starts <laughs> laughing like yeah. hysterically for a good 30 seconds <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie i laughed with him for the full 30 seconds the whole and there's like uh, that, there's that, like a guy that's just with me there's a guy that's just like vibing in the corner who's just like clearly off his face like i i just love that whole interaction and then yeah we get the really funny like hi i'm the one person who's going to relate to you here's all of my contact information i'll see you in the final act like again it, i'm at the point of that point in the movie where i'm just accepting these hilarious video game tropes so i'm down with it um but then yeah as we get more into like okay here's the grave none of that really went anywhere we then get like the fa the obvious kind of failed attempt at leaving the island which mm. i thought was really lackluster i thought that was one of the scenes that really showed a lack of budget that like they clearly wrote like okay this needs to be like an exciting you know that we're, we're kind of breaking up two of our characters we're kind of establishing that she can't leave like this needs to be an interesting pivotal moment and it's just a bunch of kind of flashes and then boom here we are now she's stranded the car's buggered well, who knows where the boyfriend is and i was like man that was super unsatisfying um 
and then when we get to kind of the real just like running around looking at stuff which again in a video game would be fun but watching a character do that that was when i got really bored and i was like waiting for stuff to happen um and that was when i really wanted it to be like okay now now we're in the off season the island's closed down when is the cool horror shit gonna start and i was kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and and then the movie kind of fastly approached the ending and then i was still waiting and then, and then it kind of ended and i was like oh and i was like oh man like i just i almost feel like that like again there is other problems with the movie but that was a major aspect that would have changed it for me was i just needed like the one thing that they spent the budget on like here's the cool creature design here's like another actor returning that has a pivotal role just something to anchor me in that final here's, here's the horror third. yeah like I feel like, unfortunately, this is a trend that we're seeing time and time again, is that movies are nailing so many aspects in terms of, like, atmosphere and location and um, all of these different things. But they're just forgetting to put in, like, the cool horror stuff. And, like, now having watched this movie, I'm like, what was actually the horror about this other than, like, a couple of shadowy things at the end? Funny, which Funny eyeballs yeah which again i have to even though i did like aspects of this i have to give this movie the same treatment i always do and it's like a vast majority of the quote-unquote cool shit that they show at the end is so shrouded in darkness where i was laughing out loud because i was squinting so hard my eyes were hurting because i was like just show me something and like there was multiple scenes where she's walking around in the dark and then i'll hear a loud musical cue like something has happened but i couldn't tell because it was so dark I was like, wait, did something just jump out? Because it went, dun, 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 you know, like the classic horror musical cue. But to my eyes, I've not seen anything change on screen. <laughs> so I was like, I was getting really frustrated. And I was having multiple emotions where at times I found it funny. Then I'd get pissed off. Then I'd get find it funny again. And I was like, wait, this isn't how I'm supposed to feel about a good horror film. I'm supposed to be invested and tense. And, you know, even a movie like, it's funny that... um. Oh god, was it the the Nighthouse? That was what it's called, wasn't it? Last yeah. year, like a movie like that, which obviously I had frustrations with the ending, but like I was, I never felt that way. Like I could see everything that was happening. I was fully invested in the character, and it is quite similar in a lot of ways tonally. Mm. Um, and it, it just shows you that a movie like that that still didn't land for me, but was so much closer and better, and actually nailed like a million other things that this movie didn't. And it is a shame because I did like a lot of stuff going in going into this. Um, and there is things that I will take away. I don't think it was a complete wash, but just as like an 80 minute experience, when the end credits rolled, I felt so unsatisfied. I felt like I completely was not given the part of the movie that I needed. You know, I needed that final 30 minutes of like, here's the boyfriend revelation, here's the return of Richard Brake, which I did get and was great and definitely perked me up where i was like my god i was drifting at that point in the movie and i needed that pick me up and richard's return was fantastic but it was also like frustrating because i was like man having a guy that's this good who yeah. is stealing every scene that he's in like those i'm not just i know we're, we're big fans so obviously you can take it as bias or whatever but like those are easily the best two scenes in the whole movie um his interactions because our lead character actually has someone to bounce off and there's actual jeopardy and tension um when he's talking to her which i feel like there's just such a lack of throughout the whole movie there's so much of just passivity where it's like yeah this is a bit uncomfortable. Well, I kind of so wish I knew what was going on. Interacting with anyone. 
Because, yeah. Because for a giant chunk of the movie, as soon as the boyfriend disappears, the pretty much everyone in the town does. And if they don't disappear, they become mute. So, mm. so there's almost no dialogue apart from flashbacks or her just kind of, you know, screaming or whatever, you mm. know? And, and so, you know, she, she finally gets a moment to interact with Richard. I think it's a funny one really. And I think it happens quite often with these movies that we end up not ultimately being that high on. It, it depends how quickly our, um, you know, our um, engagement level drops off because I think mm. mine probably dropped off about 10 minutes in the movie, 10 minutes before yours did. Mm. And, and that meant that I got to the point of no return, whereas you at least managed to get back somewhat for when Richard popped again. Yeah. Because um, I definitely agree with what you said, kind of the atmospheric setup and everything getting to the place. As soon as we got out of that pub scene, I then needed shit to happen. And, and when the car kind of getting off the island just didn't work out and then she's on her own wandering around i i lost interest very quickly at that point and then yeah. that was when i just never came back well that was that's the worst part of the movie and that's what easily needed to be the best part because the movie's called off season the entire setup is getting to the island raising the bridge after the warnings we then get the silent hill siren blaring her attempt to leave the island fails boom now it's like okay everything else has been good but that's almost when like the movie officially starts and it's like right the here's the premise now right now show me the cool horror shit and it's like well no we're just gonna kind of meander around for 25 to 30 minutes because we have we don't really know what the cool horror shit is and i'm like man there's so many things give me ghosts give me zombies give me a giant bloody octopus and there's so many things first thing you said was ghosts and you'd have been happy to accept yeah you know? No, I really would have. Like, I just wanted anything because I think in the, the actual island itself and the atmosphere was awesome. But I feel like a horror movie took place on this island 50 years ago. Mm. And we're now just going back there. And it's almost like a tour of like, hey, remember when they did this cool horror movie here? And, and But I'm like, but it never happened. <laughs> it was a myth. It was a legend. It never existed. Um, or at least I haven't seen it. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe there was a movie in the 80s and this is like a quasi <laughs> making of slash maybe. sequel. Um, um, but yeah, a weird one. It, it was a frustrating one. I'm not like entirely like, oh, that was a waste of time like some movies, but it was just like, oh, this could have been great um, because I've liked the director's previous work. And I do think overall, like his two previous movies were better than this. Um, and that's a shame um, because I think that you always want to see the upward trajectory. And I think now this is like, oh, this is a bit of a miss. And, and obviously this had a much longer kind of gestation period like he's been working on this for a while um and does have a bit of hype to it like it's coming yeah. to shudder next month they're like pretty big promoting it and obviously i don't know it's just a shame like i wish this one had landed i, I wanted this to be one of those like unheard you know like oh yeah it's that on-demand movie that no one's talking about and it's banging um and it just wasn't and, and it's a shame because i was in like at a certain point i was like yeah i'm feeling this um but man it just didn't I just don't know why they didn't give me something. And maybe that's just me that like, this almost reminds me of that era of like 10, 15 years ago that we talked about, like the early Ty West movies when I feel like he did, he did atmosphere and setting up so yeah. well, but then for me, he never delivered in those early movies. Whereas now we get to X and he's like clearly so different as a director now that he knows that he needs to deliver. And my God, did he deliver in those moments? Um, and I wonder if that's like the only element I feel like Mickey is missing right now in his movies is like, I just need a bang in third final act and I'll be right there champion your movies. Um, but yeah, this movie just wasn't it for me, sadly. Um, I agree. It is a shame because it's just, when you look at it, it just, um, it, 
like you know when we got to the final scene in the movie and we kind of you know see those final few moments i just didn't feel like oh i've i'm in like i Mm. I get it i i I can see that you know this reveal or whatever like i don't i don't want to go into it massively but i was just like i just i just didn't feel any of that i was like oh okay yeah cool flowers like you know and and, and the movie just ended and i was like Mm. oh i i I feel like i you know if i didn't get the horror i had to feel like fulfilled with that scene and i felt Mm. zero bit of fulfillment and then realized that the last half an hour of the movie just didn't give me any horror either like there wasn't there wasn't remotely part of this where i kind of you know felt like i was yeah watching a horror movie apart from a couple of you know very you know people creeping up on someone a few shadows and a few kind of eyes rolled into the back of the head Mm. you know and so yeah i think that's the, the the disappointment walking away from it if it had done that then um yeah fine yeah, it's a shame. Um, but yeah, I guess in our recommendations, um, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I think that as we get further into the podcast, I almost feel like inherently you just get more harsh with recommendations mm. because we've seen so much more. Yeah, we're approaching 300 episodes. Um, and so, like, the bar has undoubtedly raised. And I think yeah. that's, you know, with reference to what we were talking about earlier. with yeah, like Carnage, Carnage Park. Park. Got into the top 10. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, like that, that was, that was, you know, five, six years ago now. Like that is times have changed. We've seen so many banging movies, stuff like Shudder, just, you know, the state of Shudder in 2016 compared to now, again, was a completely different story. Um, and so you can just see so much better stuff. I do think that it's, it's not a complete waste of time like we've seen movies this year you know yeah. i'll say like the seed where i'm like i no one should watch that it's just a complete waste of time whereas i could definitely <laughs> see people digging this the vibe and, yeah, and especially sure. if you have that nostalgia like what we have you will get a kick from that like if you just want to see what that even looks like i think as an experiment it's interesting to be like you, you know what what would a 2022 live action version of a ps1 horror game look like this is it um it doesn't make a fascinating and an ultimately entertaining horror movie which is what i'm judging it on and is the reason why i'm not recommending it but it is fascinating and i am glad i watched it for sure yeah i I think i think you summed it up perfectly in that you know the state of where we're at and and the bar getting higher in that yeah i I don't recommend this movie either i I certainly think in the bus we may have recommended movies that i probably like less than this now Mm -hmm. but obviously where we're at now also, I think what I would say is my recommendation would be for, yeah, A, people that like those 90s horror games, but also B, for people that do like an atmospheric horror that's a slow burn. Mm. You know, those early Ty West movies. If you love uh, Ty West's first couple of movies, you'll probably dig this movie quite a bit because yeah. I think it looks fantastic. The fog looks amazing and the, and the yeah. atmospheric scenes and the fact, you know, the graveyard, the beach all of these locations looked great, really chilling, and kind of the whole town was really had a fantastic vibe to it. It's just for my horror taste, I need more than just that. You know, I, I kind of need something a bit, you know, a, a bit more in my face overtly than just subliminal. And and that's why then, you know, for me, I, it's not a recommendation. But yeah, I certainly can see that people could watch this and jive with it quite a bit because it's incredibly, you know, it's competently made for our. It's well you know well acted you know like you say we've watched movies that are just hot garbage and this certainly isn't that but i i, I can't be recommending it for for my tastes either 
Yeah, I, I definitely think like that setting aspect they really nailed. Like yeah. we see a lot of movies, and I really do think just the setting of this movie is what I'll take with me. Like, come, you know, when we look back on it, and I'm like, oh, I remember when we covered off season. I feel like I'll remember the way this mm. place looks. Like, I won't remember any of the characters or what happened, but I'll remember just visually the way this place looked. Um, because I do think that it is they nailed that, and that is so fitting for a horror movie that would jive with me. Like you say, it ticks so many boxes for me. Um, it's just a shame. I just need more plot in that in that final third um but yeah that was our discussion of off season uh we would take a short break and we will be right back this is a richard break grab your fucking popcorn you're listening to super horror bros So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for another week. Um, I'm guessing you haven't watched anything, any horror movies or anything in the last week or so. Why, why would I? Why would I do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did actually. I'm not going to talk about it because I literally talked about it like two weeks ago. Um, but I did watch last night in Soho again. <laughs> another time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I had to watch it because I watched it with commentary before, and yeah. so I was just, I, I like, I have to watch this movie, and because I've been listening to the soundtrack a load as well, yeah, so I was like, now it's like the mood, the kind of the songs really guide the movie for me on this recent watch. Where I'm like, oh yeah, here's the Silla Black song, here's Downtown. Like I'm just waiting for the big I mean, songs to happen. I, mean, I would, I would throw more shade on you watching it that frequently, but you know what movie I watched over the weekend, so I can't <laughs> really talk shit <laughs> because. You UK uh, listeners of the podcast hopefully got the treat that was on ITV uh, over the weekend that we got to watch Terminator 2. I mean, it is on ITV 2 most weekends anyway, so (laughs) at least it was on ITV 1 this week. I mean, the thing about it is, though, I don't know whether they've, like, this this looked incredible. Like, it Mm. was was a really great version. It wasn't the 4K. But I love that you have the 4K, but you're like judging the ITV version <laughs> with, with, with ads, I'm presuming, as well. With, what were you are? It had adverts yeah, as well, I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, took, it took like three and a half hours to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gosh. something about being in that experience where I'm like, oh, other people are currently watching Terminator 2 with me. Mm. Um and I yeah. like that, but the idea of cutting to ads during certain <laughs> sequences in Terminator 2 makes me want to die, just thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, we're in the middle of the chase, the T-1000's on us, the music's hitting, we're seeing some of the best visual effects I of think, all time. Cut to advert. I think at this point, like, I just need to see Terminator 2 in different ways. Yeah, I get that, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, this just felt like a fresh way to watch it. And that would be a shitter way to watch it than I needed to. <laughs> but, but it was different, right? Like, yeah, it's different. I'll give so, you that. It's definitely different. You know, so it was a new experience for me. And, uh, you know, I'm just not going to, you know, you, you're not going to, well, what's the saying? Never pass a gift horse in the mouth or how does it work? Something like that. Oh, don't ask me. Uh, and, and so, you know, Terminator 2 is there in front of your eyeballs. You're going to accept it. Mm. You know? um and so, so yeah I had, a, I had a good time you know fair enough what's, what's not to like listen I, i'm not surprised that you had a good time watching terminator 2 yeah. that's like the least surprising news i could ever hear on this podcast i mean um, it's also fun it's incredibly fun when i watch that movie with other people and i can say every line five seconds before it happens like i think it was fun for everyone else oh yeah i'm sure uh, that's very enjoyable <laughs> for them <laughs> 
I can't even remotely have a go at that because I'm the worst. Oh, you're the worst. You are the worst. (laughs) Like, I do it with this one movie. You have done that so many times. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I, I, it actually ruins it now for mo- certain movies, for me, like Scary Movie, where I'm like, I'm so concentrating on not seeing the lines. That, yeah. yeah, I'm ruining it for myself. Because yeah, like, I, yeah. I can't get yeah. just enjoyment from hearing it now. Because I'm thinking like, oh yeah, this is where I would be saying it, but now I'm actively not saying it. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully I won't get that with certain movies, because yeah, I don't want to get that way with like PG and, and Last Night in Soho. But P- PG's possibility. because i think with soho because it's such like a masterpiece with the sound and everything else Mm. you get taken into it but with pg because specifically with scary movie i get it because it's the punchline and it's and and it's not just the punchline it's the dialogue that you have with the punchline it's the five lines (laughs) but it's it's not even the the lines that are in the film it's your own dialogue and narrative that you've created over the years with it you know i get that with scary movie where where i want to have you know a conversation with them throughout it whereas and i can see that happening with pg where Mm. you're just kind of quoting things and then you're getting into your own world of pg as well it's (laughs) gonna happen for sure yeah it'll be fun yeah fun times um but yeah obviously uh so we actually have like hopefully a couple of cinema movies in the next couple of weeks um not next week though so no. we might we might have to go back to the old craven because it's been a while um yeah where are we up to but, we on we on shocker yes we nice. are indeed yeah I'm, I'm really down for seeing shocker again uh, i'm mm. excited for you to see shocker as well yeah i've never seen shocker so like we, we're just hurtling through these wes craven movies that i haven't seen because I, I feel like after shocker i don't know how many more there is so i have to really uh enjoy it and savor it while i can um but yeah and then it seems like so firestarter um we've been getting trailers for it in mm. the uk which blows my mind because it's a weird i can't remember which digital platform it's on but i know it, it off the top of my head i think it's hulu in the states um yeah. which is a good sign if we get that as a theatrical release in the uk um which i assume we are because we are getting traders for it in the cinema because i'm pretty sure like evil dead rise and hellraiser nice. are both are both similar um maybe one of them might be hbo max but yeah it, it will hopefully be a good precedent because it is strange with these big horror film releases that are on you know american streaming services that we don't currently have you know we have different versions like hbo max is coming to the uk but not for a while and then hulu is kind of folded into disney plus because that's where we got fresh for example in the uk um but yeah it seems like we're getting that in the cinema so that'd be interesting obviously the week after that is like our next big one the one i cannot wait for um alex garland's return in men is only a couple of weeks away um which is exciting and then the week after that is probably our our favorite tv show returns um in stranger things so yeah very exciting may to look forward to have i cannot you, wait have you started any sort of rewatch yet or do you not think no, it's gonna point? i don't think it's gonna happen like <laughs> i i unfortunately committed to rewatching all of star wars <laughs> oh, um, i get it so, i get it because I'm I'm so excited for Obi Wan, and so I, I'm just been I've just been plowing through the Star Wars stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't think Stranger Things is going to happen. I might try and a push, just watch the last, like the finale, um, yeah. to at least you know familiarize myself. Like I can remember most of the major things, but yeah, it's there's no chance I'm going to watch all of Stranger Things. Um, I might be able to watch the last season, but I'll try and watch the last three. episode. It's season three. But yeah, I, I just can't wait. Like it's 
it's brand new Stranger Things. Like they're really, I know it, it, it cannot be overstated. Like there aren't many things that I will get more excited about. Like there's, you know, the big name directors and they'll always be our bread and butter when these big horror films come out in the cinema. But like outside of that, a new Stranger Things, like two parts as well that we get to savor over time. You know, we get to watch it, we get to discuss it. And then in July, we'll get to do it all over again. Like I, I just cannot wait. It's so exciting. Um, hopefully it delivers. Like I, Stranger Things is one of those things that I don't, really have any fear no, like no. like uh, they've just been so consistently fantastic for me like i know for other people it's it's different but like i've never felt like the show has ever not landed for me so i just have no reason to not but i uh, have my full faith in them going into this new season no it's, um, it's one of them where like they they kind of have to really fuck it up to fuck it up hmm. like if you just give me those people on screen i should be pretty good you know yeah if if they were like oh we're just going to introduce you to a brand new uh group of characters that you've never seen before that that's Mm. how it could miss but you you give me those core kids and you give me steve and hopper and joyce like uh, then then i'm in like then then it's a big win yeah it's been so long man god to think back to how different the world was when we last got stranger things like it it truly was a different world it's gonna feel so weird when we because like having now seen the longer trailer like mm. a few times, like I'm, I'm kind of getting my head around how they look because mm. you know it's just having just rewatched like season one a few weeks back, like just seeing them there, and obviously I've seen that transition from one, two, and three, but even now the jump from three to four is exponential in the way they look. Yeah, and it's kind of you know I spoke about how in season three they kind of you know had this kind of angsty teen kind of you know, vibe of the dating and everything else. Like, what are these characters, where, you know, where are they emotionally going to be at um, in this season is going to be interesting. And, you know, that's the bit that I'm more invested in other than what the Upside Down brings. It's like, mm. where are these group of characters? Where is their group of friends, you know? have Are they all aligned with each other? Or, or have they fractured more? Because we, we see that in season three, that they become a bit more of a fractured group with Dustin splinter in a way and kind of will still kind of clean on to his childhood whereas the others want to embrace kind of being more grown up and like do they splinter even further away going forwards you know i i can see that being a big part of this season well what is fascinating to see as well is obviously they talked about it in their <clears> kind <throat> of statement when they announced <clears throat> all this and they announced like the ending with season five is like this is the beginning of the end like yeah. and i don't mean it in a negative way because i also don't want to think about that i just want to enjoy it for what it is but like in terms of yeah, the what, characters what is now setting up you know the story arc and what the upside down is like we're gonna see mm. what this you know yeah where it's building towards and where are these characters going to end up like who are they going to be is like you say they're they're getting into young adulthood now like where are they going to end up are they are people going to settle down are people going to have kids like that seems mental to say that but that is where we're at in the story right now um so yeah it's 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 going to be fascinating to see what happens i cannot wait for that one um but yeah that was episode number 296 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how could I start that?